The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Remain standing, take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll read just uh, a verse or two of Scripture. Then Minister Micah is going to break dance for us. I don't know if you've seen that before. While his wife raps. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And if you would put that up on the screen, that'd be great, since my smartphone is frozen. Oh, it's back. Praise the Lord. But we'll use the screen. Here we go. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Everybody say new creation. New creation. The old things have passed away. Behold. Everybody say behold. Behold. All things have become new. Go to verse 21. 21. There we go. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you did in the first two services. Now this afternoon, we ask and pray that you'd be so gracious to mess us up with truth. That you would come and speak to us and release all that's in your heart. Give us living understanding. May we be transformed because you've spoke even from your word. It's like a fire. Your word is like a hammer. Your word sharper than any two-edged sword. A light upon our feet, a lamp unto our feet, a light upon our path. God, we thank you for what you're going to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we do have some notes for you, and we'd encourage you to go ahead and use those. If you don't have notes, lift your hand, and one of these anointed men of God will assist you. In those, And there's a number of blanks in the notes, as is our custom. You can fill those out and go preach it to somebody else. Also, it'll help you to have a deeper understanding of that which is preached. If you fill in notes, it's been proven. We've been doing a series on grace. And the reason we've been doing a series on grace is there has been some gangrenous teaching that has spread across the body of Christ, producing... Uh, a number of very bad results. Poor teaching, false teaching on grace will produce in people, depending upon what they hear and how they respond, legalism. Legalism is trying to earn God's grace and favor through your works and your effort. And if you don't really understand grace, then you will labor and strive to try to be as good as you can so that you're embraced by the Lord and that you have love and favor and all of the goodness of the kingdom. How many of you know that's not true? Well, great. I guess we ought to stay on that point a little longer. Hallelujah. If you think that it's your efforts in trying to receive and be accepted and enjoyed by God, you have missed it altogether. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense, is one way to say it. 
an acronym, God's Riches at Christ's Expense. That means, if you turn to Romans 3, please, that means every, all righteousness that we receive comes from what he did, not from what you do. And when you realize that, then actually you'll do the works. I gave an illustration uh, a couple of weeks ago. We did a Christmas message last Sunday. It was Christmas Sunday for us, and we gave gifts to the kids. And again, thank you for all your generosity towards myself and my staff and the children of the church. And these kids were so blessed. And I preached uh, the weekend before that on understanding God's grace and the free gift of righteousness. And I had a bat. I preached with a baseball bat in my hand. I don't even remember the baseball bat. I think I scared somebody coming down the stairs with a baseball bat. And you're like, what's pastor doing with a baseball bat? Anyway, we had a bat and talked about in 1995 how there was a strike in Major League Baseball. And basically, they, 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 they were going to play baseball. The minor leagues also went on strike. And so baseball was closed in the spring of 1995. But for all of you that are were alive at that time, you know that what they did was they struck a deal. The owners of the teams went ahead and brought in coaches and uh, younger players and people that were not a part of any of those teams, or maybe there were little league coaches, and they, they gave them jerseys. I mean, they had, they had men that would never be on baseball teams, on baseball teams because of the strike, and you should have seen these guys. They were the happiest bunch of sorry baseball players you've ever seen. <laughs> It, you, you could shell a, a dozen peanuts for the time it took to bring the baseball from the outfield to the infield. I mean, it was just not quality baseball. My, my son, my son, we, he started watching football recently, and uh, we were watching the NFL, you know, and, and there's a couple games on, and maybe I'll preach short and we'll get home and watch them. Anyway, no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> but we, we watched some college ball. He saw college ball for the first time just the other day, and you might say, well, you're, that's abuse. You've not shown your son college ball. Well, all right, I repent. Anyway, we showed him college ball, and he says, Dad, these guys are lame. <laughs> he said, these guys are lame, Dad. Like, they're like nowhere near as good as the NFL. You should have seen 1995. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, it was like lame baseball. But that's a picture of grace. There's no way you can make the team. There's no way you can be good enough. There's no way you could. These guys couldn't have been on the team. No how. But if it wasn't for the strike and for these owners and, and they, they charged a dollar to come in to watch them play because nobody wanted to watch them. So they charged a dollar. You could go in and watch these guys play for two weeks. It's a picture of grace. That there's no way you can make it to heaven by your own works your own skill, or your own ability, or surrendering your life to the flames, or, or obeying all of the Ten Commandments. By the way, you can't. Romans 3, chapter 21, if you'd bring it up, please. And so we've been talking about grace. And I, the first message in the series was grace personified from John chapter 1. If you were to take and bring a personification of grace, make it a human being, actually would be fully God, fully man. Jesus is the personification of grace. And you enter into grace in, in, in reviewing that message. You enter into grace by repentance. Repentance is the mechanism by which you enter into his grace. So without repentance, you enter into his grace. We talked about understanding the free gift of righteousness. Here we go. Romans 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law. What? 
The righteousness of God apart from the law. That's like an oxymoron. To a Jew who'd be reading that, it'd be like, well, that's blasphemy. But it's not actually. God revealed a way of being righteous apart from obeying all the Ten Commandments because you can't obey all the Ten Commandments. And that's the whole point. The Ten Commandments show you that you're a sinner. And all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if you look at the book of Romans... You'll see in Romans chapter 3, 4, 5, and so on, you'll see that immoral people are headed to hell without Jesus. Moral people, people that do right, are headed to hell without Jesus. And religious people, even people going to church, will split hell wide open without Christ. So all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So he says in Romans 3, 21, but now a righteousness of God apart from the law has been revealed. Here, here's the pulpit. You can't really see it. I'm going to reveal it. Are you ready? Okay, so it's been revealed. So God revealed, he showed how to become righteous apart from obeying the Ten Commandments. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Next verse, verse 22. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. God has a way of being made right apart from obeying the Ten Commandments. It's by faith. It's by confident assurance of what you cannot see, understanding and knowing that Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave in accordance with the scriptures and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. It's confident assurance that he did that for you, that he became a curse, Galatians 3, so that you could be free. To as many as believed in him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Believe, pistis, faith. When you believe in him, he translates you, as it says in the New Testament, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Whoa. And now we move to today's sermon, which is very simple and profound. And really in one verse, 2 Corinthians five seventeen, or should I say two verses, verse 21 as well. It's really a summary of the book of Romans. It's a summary. The Romans is more technical about grace, but this is a very simple way, even though grace is not actually in the text that we read, of understanding what God has done for us so that you can live in confidence before God, so that you can walk in a way that overcomes sin and the devil. Most people don't know the simple truth that I'm going to preach to you. It is such a simple message. A child could get it. And most believers don't even know what I'm about to teach to you. I'm amazed and even responsible, I suppose, for that fact, although you have your own personal responsibility. I'm just thankful that God has made it so plain to us in Scripture, if we'll pay attention. This is a dramatic declaration that we've become a new creation in Christ, and it is has huge, vast implications for us. I remember when I first understood what it meant. And then as years went by, I really didn't understand, but I thought I did. How many of you know something and then you know it's true even, even, you, even you just 
take a bullet for it, and then you find out you're wrong. Anybody ever had that happen? I, I have. I had some things happen in my family I'd swear by. I would have said absolutely, yep, on pain of death, that's what happened. And then as I got older and got wiser and matured and some tr- truth came out, and all of a sudden through revelation I understood that that which I would have given my very life for, I was completely wrong. And having found out what the real truth is, it really did set me free. And so I didn't understand this scripture, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Let me say, first of all, if anyone, if anyone, that means red and yellow, black and white, anyone. It means sinner, prostitute, pimp, anyone. It means a drug addict. It means those born with a silver spoon in their mouth and those who were born without a spoon. It means Anyone. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your background is. If you got blue blood, yellow blood, doesn't matter what kind of blood you got. It doesn't matter what your background is, what generational blessings or curses or all. If anyone, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ. Now, in Christ, what does that mean? In Christ means that you've repented. You've asked for forgiveness. You've believed on the Lord Jesus that he died in your place and that he became a payment, a ransom a, uh, uh, for your sin. And for mine, of course. And when you believe on that, when you believe on him and you repent, then you find yourself in Christ. And he's in you. He comes to live on the inside of you. And you are seated with him, as it says in Ephesians, in heavenly places. There's a duality to your existence. You're here walking in the earth. And then you're also seated with Christ in the spirit. And so one day you're not going to walk in the earth anymore. You're going to be dead. And then you go to heaven. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The he is specifically talking about, look at your notes, look at the text. Paul, dramatic declaration, has vast implications. The he, that is a new creation, is your spirit man. What? My what? My spirit man. Everybody say, I got a spirit. Yeah, hopefully you have the Holy Spirit. But you have a spirit. I mean, you, you, mankind is made in God's image. How many of you know there's a three-in-one God? Okay, he, the, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. Yet we see the one God says, let us make man in our image. And so God made man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath in his nostrils became a living being. You'll see the, the, the triune God. You'll never see Trinity in Scripture. It's not in there. It's coined by one of the church fathers. And we've had people who are following cults and false religions say to me, Trinity's not even in the Scriptures. I'm like, no kidding. But the principle is, they said he's the three Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When he... Uh, saw his son, Jesus, about to be baptized. So there's Jesus. The father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit comes like a dove. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. Comes like a dove. You see a picture of of the father speaking, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. You see the son standing there. And you see the Holy Spirit, three and one. Three and one. And over and over, Old Testament as well as in the New Testament, all of them are God. Every one of them are God. Holy, you say the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is not a force. 
May the force be with you. Now that's Star Wars, dude. That's not the kingdom. I mean, the Holy Spirit, how, many, how can you prove it? Well, Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit. You can't lie to an inanimate object. You can't lie to a force. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can only grieve a person. You can't grieve a thing. The Holy Spirit's a person. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our own image. Guess what? If you don't understand the next thing I say, then you have, then you're really confused in your Christianity. But there's three parts to you. Spirit, soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and spirit, soul, and, and your body. When you receive Jesus, he comes into your spirit. And so when, when he says here in this text, if anyone's in Christ, they've repented, they've believed, he's a new creation. He is talking about your spirit, man. And if you don't get that, it's kind of confusing. Because when I first got saved and I, and I oh, found this scripture, I was like, dude, that's awesome. The old is gone. Yes. And I knew my sin was forgiven and I felt it. Not that you have to. How many of you know you don't have to feel it? But when I came to understand the truth, I thought, oh, man, that's awesome. But then I thought about it later and I thought, well, it's not all gone. <laughs> I started thinking about stuff and what about, I'm still demented in my thoughts. Hey, watch out. (laughs) Okay, so I'm a new creature in Christ. I've received Jesus, but how many of you know you still have the stinking thinking? And so you wonder, we've got people on, on bar stools this morning, people driving the porcelain bus right now that received Jesus and were in altars, altar calls, weeping, getting touched by God. But they never understood what I'm about to teach you. They never understood the grace of God released even in this text of Scripture to understand that when you receive Jesus, he comes into your spirit, man. You have a spirit. You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions. You have a body. Now, many people do physical training. How many of you know it's good to eat well and exercise? How many of you know that can be a God for some people? Now, I'm knowing people that say, well, I just, I just want to have a six-pack, man. Just be like, you know, just all ripped. Do you know what it takes to get ripped? Does it, I, some of you know. You know what? It, t- it is some serious work, especially when you're almost 50, to try to get ripped and have a six-pack. <laughs> oh, yeah. You 20-year-olds, I'm going to be laughing at you later on. I'm just telling you right now. Some of you just don't do anything, and you're all like, <laughs> It takes work for most people. That means eating right, exercising, doing crunches, running, doing cardio, maybe lifting weights. I mean, it takes some work to get a six-pack. You know, God wants you to have a six-pack in the spirit. I'm not talking about Bud Dummer. I'm talking about being ripped in shape, a spiritual athlete. He wants you to be that. Many of you know, have no problem to understand that if you just eat right, push yourself away from the sugar cookies, Jesus help us all, and begin to eat right and train, you'll lose weight, you'll get in shape. Amen? But you don't understand that as a new creation, there's things you can do to build your spirit. There's things you can do to not only build your, do your physical body, but there's things you can do to, to train your mind too. Many people receive Jesus, but they never renew their mind. 
And they wonder how they can come in and see some bald-headed guy getting so excited, spitting everywhere and running up and down there. Because something happened to me. Listen, I'm really pretty mild-mannered. That's not true. (laughs) But when you stick your finger in 223 face, you're going to get electrocuted. And when you learn about what Jesus has done for you, it will change your life. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And if you don't know the truth, well, it still exists. How many of you know gravity? Gravity is real. You can say gravity is not real, but, you know, just don't try to test it because it is. You can call it whatever you want. There are spiritual truths. And when you learn them and apply them to your life and you learn to renew your mind, everything changes. So when we say here in this text that that we're a new creation, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. You've got to understand that there's three parts to you. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, I pray the prayer of the apostle Paul that you would be sanctified through and through spirit, soul, and body. Well, that's a great prayer. That's a great prayer. Sanctified, set apart, sanctified through and through spirit, soul, and and body. Do you know that the act of, of receiving him, repenting of your sin, and believing on the Lord Jesus, and inviting him to be your Lord and Savior, for him coming into your life, that's supernatural. It requires you to pray that prayer of an act of repentance, and then bang, he does it. Do you know the other part, the sanctification process? The Spirit will help you, but how many of you know you have to renew your mind? Many people receive Jesus and think the same stupid things they thought when they first came in the church and wonder why they're not blessed. They're all stressed out. They don't have any favor. They've got no victory over sin. And I thought things, everything was new. Yeah, according to the spirit man, it's all new. Our spirit is a place where we communicate with God. Or your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions is... is uh, it's important to renew your, your mind and your body, of course. Well, that's going to that's gonna fade and die, and you're going to get a new one. I kind of almost wish that when we got saved, we just dropped dead, you know, because, you know, we just go to heaven. We wouldn't have to have counseling programs. Come on. <laughs> but that's not the way it is. Jesus comes into our life, and he leaves us here to work out our our salvation with fear and trembling so that we can be his vessels, his ministers of reconciliation. Because how will people know unless they go, unless someone's sent? I mean, how, how will anybody know? So he leaves us here for the purpose of expanding his kingdom. But there will be one day where you'll die and go to heaven. At new birth, our spirit man is so radically changed that Paul uses the term created. And the old things that pass away, look at number, number three, is old things pass away. And this is, this is something I've taught and preached on before, but I felt very strongly about it today. Old things passed away. Well, what passed away then? Because I mean, you know, your mind, you still got your mind. So your mind didn't pass away, right? Okay, you still have your body, Right? Okay, so that didn't pass away. So what did pass away? Sin passed away. Condemnation passed away. You're not under condemnation anymore. Powerlessness passed away. You're no longer powerless. (laughs) No longer powerless over sin and the devil. No longer powerless. Hopelessness and despair passed away. 
Does anybody remember what it was like before you had Jesus? I used to lie in my bed and hear voices and see dark figures all around me as a kid, as a child. As a child, I'd lie in my bed with my mattress up around here, being pushed into my bed with fear all over me and so scared I can't talk. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And I would see dark figures and stuff, and I thought, well, I, you know, I guess maybe it's just like a nightmare. It wasn't just a nightmare. It was a demonic manifestation trying to afflict me. And it worked until Jesus came and snatched me like a stick out of the fire and set me free and delivered me and made me a new creation. But even in the making me of a new creation, old things passed away, but I didn't even understand it all. And I, and I, I, felt, I said that I, that sense of condemnation was gone, but then the enemy trying to put it back on me. You've got to understand that you are no longer under condemnation, that Jesus has done it all for you and me. And that when the enemy tries to put that on you, you can say, uh-huh. You go knock on somebody else's house, you punk. You, don't, you can't come here. I've been set free. I've been redeemed. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, which is verse 21 of the text that we're looking at. What a horrible thing to have no hope. There's a whole nation that has no hope. It's whole groups of people that are hopeless. But when you receive Jesus, he makes you into a new creation in your spirit, man. Old things pass away. No more condemnation. No more powerlessness. You say, well, I don't feel that. Yeah, but that's because your feelings follow your thoughts and you're, stink you're thinking stupid. Well, praise the Lord. Feelings follow thoughts. Everybody say it. Feelings follow thoughts. That which you think you will then begin to experience in your emotions. And just because, listen, <laughs> if you don't feel it, it's irrelevant. Feelings are overrated. That's why people tell me, I fell out of love. What? Like, what does that even mean? Maybe you never knew what love was. It's nothing to do with emotion. Praise God for the warm fuzzies of love and the emotion, you know, the feeling of it. I will tell you right now, there's times where you just don't feel it. And guess what? Do it anyway. You act loving. How do we know what love is if one man lays down his life for another? Bishop Joseph Garlington, a friend of ours, he, was, he got married and the first few months of his marriage, he's lying in bed and he wakes up and he says to his new bride, huh, I don't feel married. And she says, well, you better adjust your feelings to the facts, son. <laughs> you better adjust your feelings to the facts. You've got to know the truth. And when you know the truth, it'll set you free in your emotions. Well, I'm preaching better than your amen. And Old things pass away. All things become new. That's number four. And it really, the converse of the old things is, is what you have become new. You're accepted. You're significant. You're secure. You're no longer rejected. You're no longer under condemnation. You're accepted by God and you're significant and you're secure. Hallelujah. These are the new things. You have power in the name of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, the indwelling Holy Spirit available for you. The same Spirit.
that raised Jesus from the dead. You have a, a destiny and a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a, a future. You have a hope and a future. Now, I will tell you that these truths that I'm sharing with you just for a brief moment this morning, this afternoon, this morning somewhere, amen. They changed my life. I would stare myself in the mirror and declare that I was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, verse 21. I am the right. I couldn't even look myself in the mirror very long because I would just look down and feel shame. But I had somebody that discipled me well, and they said, no, listen, all of that old stuff's gone. You're, you're brand new. I said, yeah, I feel new, but then part of me doesn't. And I got a long list of stuff that'll prove that I'm not. No, 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 no. That's all going to change. God made you new in your heart. You're new. You're born again. You're what? You're born again. If you've never been born again, then you don't understand what I'm talking about. If you can't remember the day you gave your heart to Jesus, then you might not have. Listen, you can't enter into the kingdom with, through some ascent or some knowledge. That's Gnosticism through, through intellectual ascent. You can't do it. There's people that know 10 times as much Bible as all the people here in the room, and they still are going to hell in a handbasket because they've never repented of their sin. I know people that can rightly divide the word that hasn't touched their heart one bit. They go off to seminary, really becomes a cemetery for them. Listen, you've got to understand what God has done for you. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So much so that you are the righteousness of God. So I don't feel like it, and I've got a lot of evidence that says I'm not. Well, that's because you've made some choices and maybe not living in a way that represents the new creation. But when you start living in a way, making choices, put up Romans 12, Romans 12 uh, 2, making choices to renew your mind and make right choices, then you end up with the blessing of God, and you end up with victory and favor not because you earned it, just because gravity is gravity. God's word is God's word. You obey God's word, then you get God results. Back to when I was getting discipled, I would stare myself in the mirror and try to convince myself that I was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And boy, did I, it was uncomfortable. I only did it because the guy that was discipling me was a major man of God. And I knew I, what he had, he, he had, he had the beautiful wife, the beautiful kids. He had the blessing doubled up huge. And I thought he's doing something right. And so like whatever I'm doing ain't working. So let me just listen to him. And I would just do what he would tell me and I would get these amazing results. I'd crash the bus so many times. I'm just thinking, I don't want to crash anymore. I'm tired of hurting God, and I'm tired of hurting myself. So, so what do I got to do? I got to go to church? Okay, great. So I go, go to church. I don't have a job, so I look for a job. The job is say, you got to work on Sunday. I go, well, that's obviously not the job for me. What do you mean? That means that the way they said I had to be there on Sunday, then that was obviously God's showing me that that was not his will for me. Why? Because I'm going to church, because going to church for me was like breathing. I don't know what you all came out of. I came out of a deep, dark pit, man. God snatched me out. And by the way, I threw myself there. It wasn't so much from my family. And I would stare at myself in the mirror and I'd say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And eventually what began to happen is I began to believe it. 
You see, the, the word will change you. The word is truth. It's, it's not, it, it, the word of God is yes and amen. It's not an ambiguous blend of maybe. He created the heavens and the earth by his mighty word. You see, we have so much perversion and so much media being rammed down our throat that we think it's, that it's some, some mysticism, some strange thing that you can enter into the goodness of the, you know, the, the God of the universe or something. If you just get a hold of the word of God and you teach your kids and you teach yourself and you obey the word and you live the word, then you'll end up walking the blessings of God. And what happened for me is it began to shift. I just started going, wait a minute, this is true. Whatever I'm feeling, that's not true. This is true. Hold on a second. And, and the guy was telling me, you got to renew your mind, man. You've been, you've been born again. John 3, you've received Jesus. Your sins are wiped out, but you still have stinking thinking. You still have a mind that's not renewed. And so here, Romans 12, verse 2, and do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Many people don't walk in victory because they just do whatever they stink and want to and they think that God's just going to bless it. Or they, they don't renew their mind and they just make decisions about, about life and their own selves according to their feelings. But your feelings will follow your thoughts. Is anybody getting anything today? We are transformed by changing the way we think. Fill it in, the notes. You mean it's not by like a Shondai with a shuba and a little bit of Bam Bam and some oil at an altar? Hey, I'm all for the oil and the altar with the Shondai. I'm, I'll be in it with the rest of you. There's tremendous power in in ministry and laying hands on people and the gifts of the spirit there's that cannot be you, you don't want to undermine that and and really you, there's no substitute for it but at the same time you can't just have that if you want to walk in this newness of life and have a life of victory and walk in the grace of god then yeah you you need to have an encounter with god and by his spirit and it doesn't have to happen at some altar it could happen in your own house while you're sitting in your bed if you're hungry i double dog dare you any of you here that have never experienced god's power and encounter with his love i challenge you you got some guts let's check it out try it out you go home make a deal with god yourself shut the door behind you sit down on the, your bed and you say god if you're real lord i need you to come lord that bald head crazy man told me that your spirit would come lord come touch me and stay there for just a second and and, and let it come from your heart not from some heart of defiance but say lord i really need you won't you come and show yourself to me well you might just find the curtains blowing upside down and everything happening all of a sudden an outbreak of God's power I don't know what that'll look like for you but I've been visited many times many many times and it's really an act of your will hello so many people waiting for the sovereign move of God I've found that God yes he's sovereign does what he wants what he wants to whoever he wants to I've also found that the flesh is weak and the spirit is willing and if we'll put ourselves in a position to experience him, he will come. But many people are scared, terrified. You've got to convince yourself of the love of God. He cares for you. He loves you. Your transformation will happen, yes, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But it also happens as you renew your mind. You need both. If all you do is learn the word, you will dry up and be the most dead, dried up, 
person there could be. You've seen religious people that all they do is quote scripture. They got no joy, no life, no fire. They're never winning anybody to Jesus. They're, they're stuck in some pharisaical religion and God's trying to set them free. I'm all for teaching, preaching the word of God. Amen. You know that. If you come, you're going to get the word here. That's it. We don't, we're not Reader's Digest or the Encyclopedia Britannica this morning, this afternoon, whatever time it is. It's the word of God. So you've got to have the word, but if all you do is have the word, then you're going to dry up. You've got to have the word, but if you just have the word, you will dry up. But if all you do is have the spirit, you'll blow up. Anybody know any spiritual fruitcakes? It's great at Christmas, not so good in the body of Christ. Amen. Shucking, jiving, hoeing, hopping. No character, no integrity, no work ethic. Hello. Hello. You name yourself a Christian, you ought to be Christ-like. Amen. It's working hard, being generous, loving God, loving people. Amen. Let's all repent. Jesus help us. <laughs> you got to have the Spirit, and you have to have the Word. If you just have the Word, you'll dry up. If you just have the Spirit, you'll blow up. You need both to grow up. And God wants you to grow up in the new year. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Got to renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? With the Word of God. How do you renew your mind? With the Word. You renew your mind with the Word of God. Renewing of our mind always includes declaring or proclaiming the Word of God back to God. I can't tell you how many times my wife and I have stood in a place of tremendous need. Financially, for instance. There's many. I'll just choose finances. And I needed I need God to come through. I mean, we just didn't have it. We were reading through. We have a little uh, journal that we keep for Christmas. It's a Christmas journal. And my wife writes all the different things out for all the years. And we were reading through it around our table. And we're so blessed. I, I was thinking. We, I started crying. I started weeping because I thought... Oh my gosh, do you remember that time he brought us through? Oh, and that other time he came through again, do you remember that? Oh, do you remember? I mean, it's like endless testimonies of God healing, delivering, providing for decades. I don't mean just a couple years. I mean decades of provision, healing, and deliverance. Over and over and over and over and over. Miraculous provision, miraculous breakthrough, favor, right place, right time, all kinds of things. Over and over and over. I mean, we're reading, we just started weeping. I turned to my wife and I was kissing on her going, oh, God is awesome. He's awesome. You renew your mind, and one of the ways you do that is by standing the place and communicating and declaring back the word of God to God in your prayer life. I can't tell you, like I said, the amount of times where I've stood and I said, God, I need money right now. I need some cash. I need some greenbacks. I need some dinero. I need some cola. I need some cash, God. Oh, God, money, Lord, give me some money, God. Have you ever prayed like that? Well, if you don't tithe, if you tithe, you can pray that way. If you don't, you can't. Because you've got no authority to pray that way if you don't tithe. And if you do tithe, you do have the authority to say, Lord, you said that if I'll return the tithe, you'll throw open windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing. How about such a blessing right now? Lord, you said it. I'm tithing. Hook a brother up. Help a brother out. Send some windows, Jesus. 
You can pray that way. When you need healing, when you need healing, you can lay hands on yourself. By your stripes, I'm healed. Lord, you said, by your stripes, I'm healed. Lord, atonement, the blood of Jesus. Lord, I release your healing. Touch me now. You said, all who came to you were healed. Heal me, Jesus. Heal me. You can lay hands on yourself and pray that back to God. In fact, the word of God is meant to be prayed. And if you don't pray the word, you won't have word results. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray, dear Lord, my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, no wonder your kids have nightmares. <laughs> if I die before I wake, come on. How many of you know, don't raise your hand, but I mean, that ain't getting it in this. That's cute and everything. I don't mean to get all up in, you know, the tender things of being raised as a child. But I mean, how I many? that's not really like a real biblical script, biblical prayer right there. You start praying like, Lord, thank you for my children. They're a gift and a reward from you. Thank you, Lord, that you've, you've marked out their days. Thank you, Lord, for their future mate and friends that will never be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Thank you, God, for my kids, Lord, and the giftings and the anointing that's resting upon them. Thank you for the generational blessings are down upon their head. None of the curses. Thank you, Lord, that they'll never have a broken bone that they're blessed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Thank you that they'll be at the right time and the right place. Thank you that they'll have a heart to serve you. How about that kind of prayer? And so much more. I've got to close. You're transformed by the changing the way we think. Change the way you think. And your feelings, by the way, will follow. A man illustration will just to hold you for a few more minutes and we'll close. Man, the Smith family, him and his wife love the Lord, faithful in church, faithful in every way. They have five kids and they live in 800 square feet house. Five kids. That's a small place for five kids. Come on, give me an amen. Five minutes, that's right. So they believe in God. Now their credit was destroyed and they had all kinds of problems, you know, but they're saved and walking with the Lord now, working hard and being faithful, paid off their debts and trying to reestablish credit and they're going to buy a house. This is an illustration of how your feelings follow your thoughts. So you're going to buy a house and they get a real estate agent and they find the house. They love the house. It's perfect. And uh, they're going to live within their budget. They learned to be good stewards and took Financial Peace University, something like that. And so they're, 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 they're going to buy a house that's in their means of that which they can afford. And it's going to be better than what they have. And they're really excited about it, but they got to get the loan. So they apply from the bank to get the loan. And they're in that waiting period between when they hear back from the bank and the bank says, you got it or you're declined. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Kind of a crazy time when you're waiting, you're waiting, waiting to see if they approve your loan to buy your new house. And they're praying, and they're standing on the word, and they're believing God, and they're praying the word back to God. And then the call comes. He looks on his phone, he sees two calls from the bank. He listens to the first one. Mr. Smith, we're sorry to inform you that you've been declined, and we will not be able to assist you in the purchasing of your home. Might we suggest, he can't even listen to the rest of it, he just hangs up, hangs up. God, I thought you said I was getting out of the house. Lord, I'm gonna, calls his wife, oh, we didn't get it. They're crying, they're upset, and then, 
ruins the door. What? It's the real estate agent. So he just wants to punch his face. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Spiritually speaking. Anyway, it's a real estate agent, and the agent's like, hey, awesome. What's the matter? You got the house. What are you so upset for? And the guy's like, what? I didn't get the house. I didn't get the loan. He says, no, you got the loan. And instantly he thinks, ah, the second message. He goes back. It's the bank also. And he presses it and he listens and he says, Mr. Smith, I'm so sorry. We had the wrong file. You got the loan. Congratulations. We'll be setting the closing date, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yes, God. Okay, what happened there? Okay, the emotion of depression and letdown, discouragement followed the lie. The elation and the joy came by the truth. It is the same thing in your walk with God. You might feel delayed and shut down right now, but God's timing is perfect. Just trust his leadership. It might not have come through right now. The one door might close and another one's going to open, but it's hell in the hallway. Just keep praying. Just keep believing. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Just, just, just keep swimming. Just keep believing. Just keep declaring. Just keep proclaiming. Just keep living in the will of God. Obeying the word of God. Praying the word of God. And you'll see transformation come. Last point. Live in the new creation. Put on the new man. Come on, your old guy's a jerk anyway. Reckon yourself dead to sin. And that's not like, bless God, I reckon myself dead, reckon. And that's not what it is. <laughs> Your old guy is dead. I'd had people come and say, oh, I remember you. You used to, I said, no, that's not me. That guy's dead. You need to take him out in the backyard, and some of you need to make a headstone. Some of you need to make a headstone and put it in your backyard and put the date you got saved on it. Just write it on there. And every time anybody or the enemy comes and reminds you and gives you a list of all the stuff that you used to do, you just bring them out and show them the headstone and say, it is on this day I was made a new creation. And you ram it right down the enemy's throat and you renew your mind and you move forward into the blessings of God. Can you say amen? amen? Live your life as a new creature, as a new creation in Christ. Did you get something? Simple. Would you stand up on your feet? Hallelujah. Give yourself to the study of the Word of God, to memorizing the Word. Give yourself to it. If you don't do that, then you'll be an anemic, weak Christian that'll settle for lies. And that's not how Christians are supposed to be. We're supposed to walk in victory supposed to overcome. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Many people just wait for the blessing to overtake them. Well, guess what? 
could it be that God's waiting for you to renew your mind, to take action, to see the blessings released? The spirit and the bride say, come. Get this for a second. Which is it ready? Which is it? Is it the bride has made herself ready and then he comes? Or is it him coming? And Listen, you have to do your part. You have to do your part. You do your part, God will do his. You're a new creature in Christ. In your spirit. Now renew your mind. Renew your mind. I don't like that part. I know. It can be difficult. You got to rebuke yourself. You change the way you think. My father used to wash our dog, a blue tick coon hound. Anybody know what a blue tick coon hound is? Missy. And this dog, this dog was strong and, and I mean, it was a great dog. My childhood dog. That dog loved to hunt, loved to hunt coons. It would get ticks all over it and just get nasty. I mean, the dog was stinking and nasty and we had to wash the dog on a regular basis. The dog was like our nanny, you know, it would meet us at the bus when we got off the school bus. The dog would be there, walk us home from school, protective, amazing dog. I remember my father washing that dog. It was one of the funniest things you could ever see in your life. The dog hated getting a bath. I mean, a hatred for baths. My father was a strong man. He would take that dog by the collar and the dog just instinctively knew it's gonna get a bath. And so the dog would start wrestling around. He'd be like, no matter how you said, Missy, sit down. You know, the dog would sit for a second and be like, panicked. The hose was nearby. My father would get the dog, drag the dog over, stinking, I mean, the high heavens, putrid smell, rolling in dead stuff. Some of you roll in dead stuff. Wow. would it be for you to go and dig up a relative so you could have fellowship yeah but people do it all the time and they resurrect the dead guy and that and, and, and they call that christianity and you go and have fellowship with the person that's been reckoned dead anyway you can think about that on the way home so he takes the dog and he has the, the you know the, the hose right here and the dog would be going crazy and my father take the dog and just take it and saddle the dog buckle the dog down and he'd be like like this he'd grab the hose and the dog would just be going around and he would take the soap and the brush and he'd be like you're getting a bath that's what you need to do to your mind you need to renew your mind you need to saddle that thing take the water of the word scrub your mind and renew your mind and you'll begin to walk in victory can you say amen alright I'm done Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not right with God. You need to be made right with Him right now. If you die, God forbid, today would be your last day on the earth. Would you go to heaven? So I don't know. Well, you can know, and that's the reason Jesus died on a cross. Won't you receive His grace by repenting? Want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to Him all across this place? If that's you, raise your hand. 
You say, that's me, Pastor. I want to get right with God. You know you're not right. Lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. On this side, I want to get right with God. Those online, perhaps. Won't you pray with us just right out loud all across this place, out loud, say, Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Now I pray, God, for those who received you or recommitted their life to you. I thank you that in this moment, they've been washed and cleansed and made even the righteousness of God in Christ and they can boldly come before you and pray and find grace and mercy in time of need. Bless, touch, fill, strengthen, break every curse, break addiction, depression, anxiety, hopelessness, and despair. Break every assignment and decree of the wicked one. In the name of Jesus, right now, torment, go. Night torments. Go right now. There's a number of people here you're not able to sleep. The Lord's going to give you the rest and the peace and the sleep of the just. Peace, grace, and fill each and every one with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and saturate us, Lord, from the top of our head. Fill us, Lord, in Jesus' name. And use us to be your ministers of reconciliation. Use us as new creatures. The old is gone, the new has come. Help us to renew our minds with the truth of your word, knowing that our emotions will line up with that, and we will stand on truth, for it is the truth. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Thank you for grace. God's riches at Christ's expense is ours. Amen. To take someone by the hand, Pastor Karen, as we close, we'll have service tonight. Service tonight at 6 o'clock. For those of you that have not been baptized, if you've not been baptized, it is a command to be baptized. 5 o'clock, there'll be a class. And uh, you could, you too can get baptized. Now, if if you just received the Lord, I think you could get baptized, but it might be best to wait a little bit, get discipled to really understand all that's happened and what you're doing. It's not just a little token religious thing. It is a major deal. We'd encourage you to be a part of that. Tonight, 5 o'clock is a baptism class, and then 6 o'clock we will have our service with baptism included. You want to bring a, a set of clothes to get baptized in full submersion going to go all the way underneath the water which is heated hallelujah and then now you'll come up you want to bring a towel and a change of clothes let's close in prayer father thank you for what you've done lord bless your people cause your face to shine upon them be gracious to them keep them and give them peace in jesus name amen god bless you we'll hope to see you tonight praise the lord Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. 
Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.